Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the only daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, available on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and if I'm sounding kind of calm right now, that's even shocking myself after the Pelicans' opening night game, a really ugly 12-point loss. Uh, 103-91 is the final. Memphis wins. Pelicans get off to an 0-1 start after what looked like maybe a good first quarter, but I think there was some deceptiveness to that, which, of course, we'll break down here. They went on an absolutely blew it and trashed the rest of it. Uh, and basically, this is just more things change, more they stay the same. Same old, same old Pelicans. You know, the oh no, we suck again type thing. And right now, to Pelicans fans, the sky is going to be falling. And I'm not here to try and say it shouldn't be exactly. But it's not like we should have been surprised by this. And there, we'll go into everything. This one's complicated, and I have a lot of feelings and thoughts on this game. We're going to break it all down for you, obviously. We'll talk about the game a little bit, and then I want to talk about this team and perception and other things with it. Uh, Because, boy, uh, not a good game for the Pelicans uh, whatsoever. Uh, But there is a lot to take away, so we do need to talk about this one. So solely focusing on this game today in this edition of Locked On Pelicans. So the first quarter for the Pelicans started out quite brightly as they ran out to a 34-27 lead. Cousins had 13 points, 7 rebounds, 5 blocks. Davis had 10 points. They were in the bonus really early. And the team shot 6 of 9 from 3 with Cousins going 2 of 3 from behind the line. And we thought everything was good. The defense actually looked all right here. Uh, and we're just kind of taking your blows with certain things. Mike Conley was having a game. He was 3-for-3 three three from the field at that point um, with 10 points. But overall, everything was okay, and you weren't really worried about too much because there were off-ball cuts, not as much as you would like, to be honest. That first quarter, you know, in hindsight now, looks— and I said this at the end of the first quarter on Twitter— Um, And then in the halftime periscope I did, six of nine shooting from deep is going to make your offense look better than it actually is. And when they started to regress from 54.5% from the field and 66.7% from three, this offense was going to look ugly, and then it happened. The start of the second quarter, Memphis ran out to a 9-0 run, and basically this game has changed, and it was done at that point. And after that, the rest of the games, we said Cousins had 13 in the first quarter. Davis had 10. You know, Cousins got up to 28. Davis got up to 33. They had monster games. And nothing else really came from anyone whatsoever. 
And after that first quarter, when there wasn't even that much off-ball movement, to be honest, it, it just stopped. It was gone. So in the first quarter, the team ended up with eight assists, uh, and then that's on 12 makes. So that's good. It's a high percentage right there. It drops after that. Eight assists in the first quarter. The entire game, the Pelicans had... i got to get the numbers here because my computer wants to be difficult as I type this up. Um, but in the entire game, so eight assists in the first quarter. It's loading. It's coming here. They ended up with 15. They got seven more assists the entire game after the first quarter. Like, no ball movement. Gentry talked about it. I don't have the, the quotes here, the sound bites, but if you listen to them from practice the other day, saying he wanted to see more passes, they wanted to be in the high 200s, into the 300s if possible, and all of that. And... <laughs> Yeah, the the advance the tracking data isn't up yet, and I don't know when that's going to get updated. But with 15 assists on the night, you think you're going to hit 300 passes in the game? No. 15 assists on 30 makes, so 50%, um, which is not good. They were in the 60s in the first preseason game when, we, when they put up 69 in the first half, and we thought this was going to be all well and good, but you need more than that, and the impact of Rondo being out was very, very clear tonight, and they had no one who could run the point. And it certainly, as I'm just going to kind of go stream of consciousness here, transition into Drew Holiday, was not going to be him. He had, where is it, four assists on the night. Okay, I believe two or three of those came in the first quarter again. So after that, was kind of a ghost. He shot two of 11 from the field, 0 for 3 from deep with a bad air ball at one point. Uh, three turnovers and finish five fouls and then finish with four points. We'll get to the fouls in a minute. The officiating was bad. There's no question about that, that it was not in the Pelicans' favor. And some of those calls were just absolutely ugly. The problem was they still are a better team than this Memphis Grizzlies lineup uh, was out there and they couldn't take advantage. The refs aren't the ones that did that. That's on this team. They should have been able to do this. We're going to dive into some more of those topics later. But Holiday didn't do anything to say he was worth this big contract, obviously, uh, this offseason. We already knew that was going to be an overpay for him. But I had been more cautious than most, if you remember, uh, writing about it over at BourbonStreetShots.com when I was still there, talking about this isn't what you want to do because he has struggled with these two bigs, and it's something with the spacing, with with him being out there with both of them, that he turns the ball over a lot if he doesn't have another lead guard with him. And it's just, it, you can say he needs to be aggressive and what have you, but this is what you end up with. He doesn't shoot well with these two for some reason. I think it's a spacing thing, but his shooting percentages after the All-Star break last year tanked, tanked. Well, there he shot 18.2% from the field tonight, and the Pelicans waste, waste, a uh, 61 point game from your two bigs combined 33 points for Davis 28 for Cousins think about that for a second along with Davis at 18 rebounds Cousins had 10 so it's 28 rebounds so 61 points 20, uh, 28 rebounds where are the blocks and 8 blocks total and you waste them now they both had 5 and 4 turnovers for Davis and Cousins respectively that's not good But that goes to show there's issues here that this team needs to figure out. And the problem with it is, I don't even know where to start. You can hear me finally getting worked up and angry about this. So I'm going to cut this segment short here and just refresh myself for a second. We'll be right back. Okay. I literally had to stop myself. I was so worked up. And thank you, Magic, the magic of editing and audacity, the program I record this in. 
uh, which is a good thing here. So the reason these guys have a lot of turnovers and the offense looks so bad was it just reverted to being isolation heavy. And this is because, again, Rondo being out, you have no one that can really kind of not break this defense, but get them moving or rotating and get them on their back heels. Rondo did that for the Pelicans in the small sample size of basically one game we have in preseason with him. But when he did that, then guys cut because defenders' heads were turned. Here, when you're going isolation ball, it's easy to know how to rotate over and to kind of cut that out. And, you know, when the Pelicans stop doing anything else, you can put bad defenders on certain people, like, say, Chandler Parsons, who kind of, like, took out Anthony Davis for an extended period of time. Part of it's also the guard play because they had no one who could make a damn entry pass to Davis in the, in the high or low post. Now, we've seen that before where the entry passes into the paint were really tough for the Pelicans last season. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why you need to split these two bigs up, one up maybe at the three-point line and one down low, because you just don't. there's no point in putting both there when you can't get them the damn ball. And they had this opportunity to really take advantage of a mismatch, and they couldn't. And then the times where they were able to get him the ball, Davis was turning the ball over out of the high post because you just double-team him, and he's not a great passer out of there. And it forces him either, and we saw this two seasons ago in Alvin Gentry's first year uh, and last year in the beginning of the year. He gets double or triple-teamed in the post at times because no one is threatened by the rest of this Pelicans shooting team team and their shooters on there. So they were 6 of 8 in the first quarter shooting threes they finished seven of 25 on the night they made one more three the entire rest of the three quarters one more I mean that's just horrible of course you're going to double or triple team Davis or Cousins down low because you don't worry about these guys trying to uh, shoot the ball and if they start to hit it then you adjust but you have nothing that makes a defense adjust right now, and you waste. And this reminds me of the Nuggets game on opening night last year where Davis goes off. I forget his numbers, but he had a huge game. And the Pelicans couldn't win. They couldn't beat the Nuggets because no one else was there to do it. You had Davis and Cousins do it now, and no one else really played particularly well. You know, Etuan Moore had some points. Cool. Ian Clark didn't do anything. Darius Miller didn't do anything. Tony Allen didn't do much. You weren't expecting him to do much. Jordan Crawford, I'm off the Crawford train, took me about three really long-feeling quarters at times to jump off. Jordan Crawford should be started. No, dude just needs to shoot, and that's it, Uh, and absolutely nothing else. He had two, like, quick turnovers in that role, and just, nope, we're done there. Um, So we're going to do – I'm going to reset the pod here and everything. We're going to – uh, bump something else and then I want to talk about some good some bad and dive into some deeper concepts here with this team is we're probably going to have a, a longer podcast here today as I'm recording this one so before like I said talking about those topics the good and the bad you know opening night was pretty rough for the Pels last night but it was also really rough the night before for the Boston Celtics with that um, Gordon Hayward injury tune into the Locked On Celtics hosted by John Cazales he is excellent by the way and a lot of fun to listen to they're a team that's in a weird spot now. Do they tank? Not tank, but you know, do they really try and make a push, maybe make a trade to bring someone in? What do they do? That's an interesting team to be following after this kind of situation. So tune into Locked on Celtics. Find out a little bit more about them because it's just an interesting story. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. 
Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. So one good thing I did kind of see from this team, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit before we switch back to the bad, because there's going to be more bad than good after a game like this, uh, was offensive rebounding from the Pelicans. You know, they have not really been great at that in the Alvin Gentry era. And at times have just straight seemed, you know, like they're scared of it or something. But they actually, I don't want to say they crashed the offensive glass, but there was more of a concerted effort to do so. Davis had seven offensive rebounds, and that's a misleading step because a lot of those are just kind of bunnies that he missed that he caught and then put back. It was a guy like Dante Cunningham who really impressed me there. He had three offensive rebounds on the night, and all of the, he, had, he caught one, then scored and got fouled on there for the end one, which was an impressive play. But he was really trying to be the one guy to hit that glass after a miss while other people got back in transition. This is where people talk about how you can have good transition defense uh, while also trying to get after the offensive glass. The bigs get back, take away the lane to the rim in, in opponent's transition offense, and then you have one or two guys hit the glass to try and grab that board for an easy putback or a reset of the offense. Dante Cunningham was that guy. And he actually started off the first quarter looking good. He had, um, in the first half, I think he had six points and scored one the rest of the way, something like that. I forget the exact numbers here, but it was showed that he could be a, a guy who can contribute. But again, just like the rest of the team, they got absolutely not enough from him to make it worthwhile. You know, the Pelicans did an okay job, speaking of transition defense, of kind of taking that away from Memphis. Not that they were trying to. Memphis scored 16 fast break points. Um, which was a concern going into the season after we'd seen him in preseason struggling with that. The worst thing for the Pels is this is a team that wants to run and play with pace and be fast. And again, they're going up a very against a very good coached D, uh, team in Memphis, but the Pels scored six fast break points. Six. Fast-paced Alvin Gentry team trying to run on the break should score way more than six. I'm like getting going to get angry again here. Uh, so... See, that's a concern. They just didn't do any of what they wanted to do last night. Um, no passing, ball movement, any of that on offense. It was all isolations, which, you know, when Gentry's saying our DNA is passing the ball and find, making the extra pass and finding the open shooter, did he not watch the final three preseason games? Because that wasn't at all what was going on. So I don't know what he was saying. And, you know, when this this team comes out like this, it's just, yeah, it's exactly what we probably should have expected here. But let's talk about something unexpected here, because when you looked at this roster and you were worried that, yeah, Gasol was going to be good, Connolly was going to be good, and then everyone else, you weren't really too worried about. You weren't, you know, there's no world beater in James Ennis here. Jamichael Green went out injured after just four minutes and didn't return, so you had to like what was going on here. Andrew Harrison's not going to do much damage. Brandon Wright's not doing it all. You know, Mario Chalmers, okay, sure. Um, and then Tyreek Evans. And for the most part, like, those guys didn't really beat the Pels. Um, you know, certainly Chalmers didn't play well. Tyreek Evans had a moment or two where he might have kind of iced the game with some dishes um, and assists uh, for, the, um, for the Grizzlies. But the one thing you weren't expecting was a guy like Dylan Brooks, the rookie drafted in the second round, pick 45 overall, uh, 6'6", kind of wingman swing for the Grizzlies to go off. And Dylan Brooks in his first game had 19 points. And that's not because he's an amazing player. That's because this Pelicans defense kind of struggled, not even kind of, they did struggle against the pick and roll in this game. 
And I don't think it's really, you know, uh, Dylan Brooks being so good and more just on the pick and roll for the first half, the Pels were kind of dialed in and taking that away and did a very good job. And certainly they did a good job against Gasol on the night, holding him to 14 points. Conley did his damage, but you can live with one of those guys doing that. Um, but getting you know 19 points from Dylan Brooks um, off the bench isn't <laughs> isn't a way to win games. And again, 45th pick overall in the draft. So, you know, part of it was on the pick and roll. This team really struggled in the second half, and there was a lane for either the the ball handler or the, or the roll man every single time. And they took advantage of it, and they hit those guys. And when Dylan Brooks was getting to the rim. Uh, He was getting the ball and he was scoring because the rotations then became sloppy. And, you know, it's just what we've all seen before, a lack of communication on defense, guys kind of ball watching and not closing out as quick onto onto the three-point line that they should or could, uh, or not knowing to rotate over and provide help help defense. Sometimes guys just got to the rim easily against this team and... Yeah, you know, it's kind of, you run it, I mean, like, exacerbated here. There's nothing else I can really say. You guys watch the game. You guys know exactly what happened here. And it was really disappointing. And then it's funny because I'm just now watching some of the post-game stuff with Alvin Gentry saying, in the second half, he didn't like their ball movement. It's like, yeah, obviously. This guy who literally said the day before, yes, two days ago, on, what, Tuesday, that... Ball movement's part of their DNA, and this is what they do. And no matter what, they're going to do this. And then they come out, and they have seven assists over three quarters. What? I, I don't know what to make of this team right now. And this is going to tie into what I want to talk about now. You know, there's this perception that the national media sleeps on the Pels or doesn't give them the respect that they deserve. And people like to point to the Ringer TV thing where they were ranked 14th in the Western Conference. And even though that was one guy's opinion and the three other people on there kind of talked much better about the team and didn't think that's what where they were going to be. So that got overblown. Uh, but then they see people not put him into the playoffs and it's like, how could they? And you, there's this uproar that this national media is the boogeyman here almost like out to get the Pelicans. And look, a game like this shows you why people aren't high on this team. And yes, New Orleans fans have been sold hope all off season. And I just was on the radio talking with Christian Garrick and Seth Dunlap, my absolute favorites, you guys. I'm not, not triple teaming on you, um, even though I kind of did um, with the, all the radio I did yesterday. But, you know, they were saying it's, fans have been fed a lot of hope and then they come out and it's like, oh, this is just the same crap and shit we've, already, we've seen already and get very discouraged. But in the beginning, you fed all of this and people really start to believe on it and don't like when national media is kind of, in their opinion, shitting excuse the language here, on the team, and then they come out and they play like this, and this is exactly freaking why. Davis and Cousins will take you so far, but the rest of the cast isn't there. The Memphis Grizzlies does not respect any of the Pelican shooters the entire night, and it paid off for them. The team shot 7 of 25. Despite a very good first quarter of shooting and everything, Memphis didn't get away from that because, again, they knew regression to the mean is a thing and that these numbers would come back down. And they knew who this team was. They knew better than Pelicans fans know who this team is, it seems like right now. And it's like we shouldn't have all been duped. And I've been trying to pull the brakes back on this. And I've said it's a 50-50 chance whether this team makes the playoffs or not. And we don't want to overreact over one game, of course. But, man, you can see these guys can carry you. But Holiday isn't living up to this. Again, one game. But this goes back to last season when he was playing with these two bigs. It didn't look good there either. 
So, you know, these other guys aren't playing well. Ian Clark, who was thought to be this big kind of signing, even though on a minimum contract, hits three points. And that's it. Darius Miller, in 17 minutes, takes one shot attempt. Tony Allen, Tony Allen, I love you. I was so happy when he stepped on the court and they gave him a standing ovation. They played a tribute video to him. Everything's great. I've got nothing bad to say about Tony Allen tonight. Enjoy your moment, Tony Allen. Jordan Crawford was terrible. You know, each one more had 11 points. That's fine. But he started and played 34 minutes. That's great if he's reserved playing 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I'll take 11 points there. But you're a starter. you got to do more or you got to get someone who can do more. Dante Cunningham, uh, six points in the first half. I think finished with seven overall. So, again, something like that. I forget the exact numbers there. But not good stuff, basically, outside these bigs. And, yeah, the supporting cast that everyone seemed to be really high on, well, maybe we shouldn't have been. Maybe this is truly what they were. And it's not that anyone's out to get the Pelicans. It's just they haven't built a track record to make this work and to get people to believe in them overall. I cover this team. I follow them you know, in depth more than more people. And I wasn't even sold. I said they look like an eighth or ninth or tenth seed to me. And people are like, that's too low. No, it's not. you got to really truly see what this is kind of objectively and not with just 11,000 season tickets sold and different things like that. And it drives me insane at times, so I'm ranting here a little bit. But I think we need to accept maybe we need to dial back the expectations a little bit here because certainly this team did not play well against Memphis, and there's no reason to think it's going to change. Do you really think Holiday is all of a sudden going to become a different player? I don't, and I think we're starting to look, need to maybe change the lens through we through which we look at it, this team here. And that's because despite having two bi- two all-stars in these bigs, if you can't make entry passes to get them to ball in the post or the, where they need to, or if you don't have the proper spacing, they do get double and triple teamed, as I talked about earlier, and that's a big issue for the Pelicans. That's why a team like, say, the Thunder before the Carmelo Anthony trade with Russell Westbrook and Paul George was thought of much higher than the Pels were. Those positions work kind of in tandem with each other, and there's more synergy there between them than the two bigs that need to rely on someone else. There you have a a guard or a ball handler or a wing, and other teams do. No one's tried this too big thing like this in the current landscape of the NBA. And just because they're two all-stars and it's the best center and the best power forward doesn't mean it's going to work. And we got kind of that cold, hard truth last night in Memphis that, yeah, they need a lot of other help because they can't do it all themselves. They can't take the ball up and get to the rim every single time, though you see Cousins put it on the floor and drive. You see Davis put it on the floor and drive, and they do some great things. And But overall, again, they got to get some help. They don't have the help right now. Maybe these guys step up. I hope they do. I want them so badly to step up. But right now, there's a lot to be concerned about it because when you look at this game, if you want to rewatch it and the ugliness that it is, it looks very similar to what we've seen the past two seasons. So before we wrap up the podcast and kind of the sadness and anger that comes with this game and that I've expressed to you guys here, it is just one game in the season. We don't want to overreact. But, hey, I've got something fun for you guys to do tonight. We're going to record a live edition of Locked on Pelicans at the New Movement Theater over in the Bywater, Marini, St. Claude area. 2706 St. Claude Avenue, 70117. We're going to be doing happy hour starting around 6, 630. Come have a drink with us. Chat. We'll, we'll, we'll listen to you. I'll we'll be your shoulder to cry on, um, along with Chris True, Aaron Hardigan, and some other guests uh, for the show. Then we're going to migrate inside to the theater for a live recording of Locked on Pelicans that will go up on Friday before the game. Probably have two podcasts that day, potentially. 
um, if I get time to record a preview. If not, we're just going to roll with the live edition. We'll have a lot of fun there. Play a game. We joke around a lot, and then we take audience questions. It's great to be involved in. You guys probably have a lot you want to talk about with this team right now. So come on out, 6.30 or so, over at the New Movement in the Marigny, Bywater, St. Claude. I don't really know what area it is, technically. Um, and then we're just going to go into the theater at eight o'clock. That's when we'll record the podcast. So at least make it for that. It's a lot of fun. And I hope to see you all there. So that's going to do it for this edition of locked on Pelicans. Unfortunately, the team is Owen one going undefeated is out of the question now. And maybe they go zero and 82. No, they're not. Look, it's going to be a tough game with the Warriors. This team might start Owen two. Um, come Friday evening, but it's a long season. While there's been bad, and there's a lot of bad here, we don't want to necessarily fully overreact. No one's getting fired, anything like that. So it'll be okay for the time being, and at the end of the day, it's just a game. So thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17